Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. In this podcast, you're going to hear raw emotion the night of the boat crash, We made the editorial decision not to censor the language, but we want to warn you, it's strong from dash cam and 911 calls. These are upset and frightened and angry kids. Okay, what's your name, sir? My name, my name is Connor Cook. know exactly who was driving that's you said that was the last one you saw so that's why I told them because his ass will be responsible okay hey I'm with Department of Natural Resources who was driving the, the boat back out picked up the last time I grabbed my girlfriend and got down in the bottom of the boat Paul was driving I begged and begged and begged and begged to let me yeah, drive uh huh Screaming in the water for Mallory, and that's when, like, I knew there was something about it. I was like, that Mallory was missing. The next thing I know, I'm in the fucking water. I can't find I knew who we were up against and how things would probably disappear if we didn't act quickly. We're following a developing story, this one out of Colleton County. It's 4147 Moselle Road. I've been up to it now. It's bad. Double homicide involving a mother and son. Both deaths resulting from apparent gunshot wounds. In this town, nobody questioned the Murdochs for 100 years. You know, powerful people make powerful enemies. You commit a murder in the 14th Circuit, the odds of you going to death are high. From the studios of WCIV ABC News 4 in Charleston, This is the podcast, Unsolved South Carolina, case file number one, The Murdochs. The longest day for the Beach family turns into the longest week. February 24th, 2019. Just outside the entrance to the Marine Depot at Paris Island, it's deep in the low country and a few miles from Beaufort, South Carolina. Thick fog blankets the cold water. Red and blue lights glow in the mist. It's 5.30 a.m., three and a half hours after six kids, described by police as grossly intoxicated. They're all underage, friends since kindergarten. They crash headlong into the Berkeley Bridge on Archer's Creek. And after agonizing delays, a search has finally begun for one of the passengers violently thrown into the water that night, 19-year-old Mallory Beach. But that search has hardly started when it's forced to stop. 
Rescuers say they'll start again once the sun comes up and burns off some of the dense fog. We're out here with the airboat and one other boat. Um, we got the Coast Guard helicopter doing drift pattern right now. Check okay. on the marshes. Um, as soon as they clear, we're probably going to clear the scene. Okay. Um, we, we searched all the water we can search. Um, and uh, we're trying to get them to search the marsh force from overhead. Um, if they find something, obviously, we'll go to pick it out. But uh, as soon as they get finished with a grid search, we'll probably going to terminate. Hours later, one of the kids, Anthony Cook, he's still at the bridge waiting at the guardrail for news of his girlfriend, Mallory, the girl who just a few hours earlier was huddled in his arms on the deck of the Murdoch's boat, terrified, he said, of the journey ahead. I finally got to the point I grabbed my girlfriend and put her in my lap in the bottom of the boat and was holding on with my eyes closed. The next thing I know, I'm in the fucking water and I can't find it, man. And then the horrific crash. Please send someone. Oh, no, I'm coming. We're coming. We're coming, okay? And then Anthony's rage. Oh, you fucking smiling like it's fucking funny. Sit down, sit down. My fucking girlfriend's gone, bro. You think it's fucking funny? Injuries are serious. His cousin Connor Cook, he needs surgery for a broken jaw. And Mallory's best friends and fellow passengers, Miley Altman and Morgan Doty, they're at the hospital getting treated. Morgan's in surgery for her injured hand. And then there's Paul Murdoch. The kids agree he was driving the boat. He's thrown into the water by the crash, but he's not hurt. First responders find him at the scene slurring his words and stripped down to his underwear despite the freezing cold. He drops a phone on the ground in front of officers and then asks, Can I use your phone? Can I use your phone? Hey, bro, I ain't got my phone on me, brother. You ain't got your phone on you? However, according to court testimony, officers aren't sure where that mysterious phone Paul dropped ever ended up. But investigators do recall in court records that Paul is so difficult to deal with, he has to be strapped to a gurney to be taken to the local hospital. Emergency workers even threaten him with handcuffs. Soon after arriving at Beaufort Memorial, Paul is flanked by two of the most powerful lawyers in the Low Country. His father, Alec, and grandfather Randolph Murdoch III, the former solicitor. And here's the deal. Multiple witnesses, from the other passengers to the hospital security, all tell law enforcement they witnessed the elder Murdoch sticking their noses into the investigation by trying to speak to the boat passengers. An hour later at 6.30 a.m., family and friends start arriving at the bridge, including Mallory's distraught parents. And as we've previously done, these are written witness accounts that we've asked colleagues to read for you. Officer Chris Williams with the Marine Corps, he walks down to the embankment under the bridge to check out the boat's condition. I walked down to the site where the boat with a Yamaha 115 horsepower motor beached on the outbound side of Archer's Creek under Berkeley Bridge. The boat had extensive damage to the left side of the hull the condition of the inside of the boat was messy with large blood stains. There were several alcoholic beverage containers on the floor of the boat and mud stains where the ejected occupants climbed back into the boat to retrieve items. It appeared to me that the boat hit the tripod piling at a high rate of speed and then impacted the concrete bridge support and the boat beached on the bank at a high rate of speed. Williams says DNR officers returned to the scene. They stated to South Carolina DNR Sergeant Humphreys that two people were stating Murdoch was driving. 
But another statement said that Connor Cook was driving. According to court documents, despite his apparent level of drunkenness, there's no attempt to get a standard field sobriety test from Paul Murdoch at the scene, even though he was described by the officers as slurring his words and drunk and inexplicably stripped down to his boxers. Instead, documents show investigators asked Connor Cook to submit to sobriety testing, which he refuses. And those sobriety tests... They're not the only piece of evidence missing from this investigation. When questioned, law enforcement officers are not sure where Paul's pants ended up after the crash. That's important because they would have presumably been holding the boy's ID and wallet, perhaps his older brother's busters, the one police say he used to buy the alcohol that night. Here's Williams again. The investigators also stated that Murdoch's family was a very powerful family of lawyers in Hampton County, and his father and grandfather showed up and told them the interview was over. Also, that DNR would need to obtain a warrant to search the boat. Back at the boat crash, it's Alex's brother, John Murdoch, who comes to collect the boat from Archer's Creek. He has the trailer and he's led into the crime scene. Next, Alec plays a card we're now very familiar with. He gives legal advice to a victim primed to sue him. Here's what Connor Cook says happens in court documents. My first lawyer was, oh God, what's his name? Corey Fleming, I think is his name. Mr. Alec Murdoch, Paul's dad, said he'd be the best one for me. He said he recommended him. And that's right, Corey Fleming. Connor Cook could soon have his day in court over these allegations against Alec Murdoch, but it's important to note what Connor later claims against Alec. Unbeknownst and undisclosed to plaintiff Cook and his parents at the time Fleming was hired, Fleming failed to disclose that he had been defendant Murdoch's college roommate, was one of his best friends, and was also Paul Murdoch's godfather. Meanwhile, the search resumes for Mallory. It was a, a solid week and like several days of searching out there. And, you know, we would we would go out there by the water every day, you know, waiting to see if they had found her. The reporter for Fox 28 in Savannah, Caitlin Penter, she covered the crash. She remembers those anxious days that followed as a whole community searches for the beautiful young girl. I think as the days passed and I can't remember, I think like a few days after the crash, we started seeing pictures um, of the boat and the, the blood inside the boat. So I think deep down, people knew that this this wasn't going to end well. Those pictures released by law enforcement are terrible reminders of the pain inflicted. The boat is ripped down the side, revealing the inner casing. A large pool of blood stains the front deck of the boat. That blood appears to be quite close to where Miley says Morgan's bleeding badly from a hand injury just after the crash. In fact, Miley tells police in this interview, Morgan's bleeding is so bad, she didn't want to move. It was just the cops at first. So then I think before everybody had gotten in, like, I went back to Morgan and I tried to get her to come with me. But she was like, I don't want to move because like, she didn't want to like, lose more blood or anything like that. Yet Connor also has cut his face in the crash. That's why it's unclear whose blood it is, and DNA evidence could play a critical role. Inside the boat, investigators document a cooler. And in the live well, where you'd normally store fish, 
There's also plenty of alcoholic beverage cans floating inside, some empty and crushed, some not. However, on the inventory report from law enforcement, in reference to alcohol, it says there's just one empty White Claw beverage box. 911, for your emergency. This is Kenny Campbell. One week later, March 3rd, Kenneth Campbell and his brother Keith set out in their boat to look for Mallory Beach. About five miles away from the site where Mallory went into the water, the brothers make a distressing but important discovery. This is Kenneth Campbell. Today my brother and I went to look for Mallory. We left Broad River Landing and was looking only about 20 minutes before going into the feeder creek. And my brother said, there she is. I saw a fully clothed person with boots on and jeans. My brother Keith could see blonde hair. She was face down high in the mud next to the marsh grass. I called 911. We're on the search team rescue. We think we found her. We kept the boat next to her until DNR arrived. Finally, a chance for closure, at least to say goodbye to Mallory. So it was in the, the middle of nowhere in Hampton County, really pretty, surrounded by trees, just a, what you would think of a, a southern church, um, and just completely packed with people. The line was just literally extended around the building. There were so many people there that day. Were they crying? Were they upset? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I mean, there, there were young families there. There were people who clearly um, were friends with the Beach family, were friends with Mallory, knew them very well. Um, and it, it was extremely somber, very, very quiet um, until people got up to the front where they were hugging the family and, and admiring the, the many pictures they had of Mallory there at the front of the church. I know that today there's sorrow and there's that feeling of loss, but I'll tell you today, Mallory is not feeling lost today. She is celebrating in Jesus' arms. Needless to say, Mallory was laid to rest with the entire community grieving. A lot of people who live in Hampton County, you know, they go to Beaufort County to be on the water and, and do kind of their fun activities over there. So everyone in Beaufort County, County kind of knows people in Hampton County, and it's just a, a really, really tight-knit community. She went young. She went full of life and bracing. She loved her family. She loved her friends. She loved her shelter pets. Everyone was sad. There were people who were crying. Uh, it was it was so tragic and so sad, but the way that they had, you know, set it up was beautiful. They had pictures of her um, just all around this building where the wake was held. Um, and it just families, young families who were there, um, you know, teenagers, a bunch of them. I, I remember seeing that vividly. Um, and, you know, it was quiet and everyone walked to the front. Um, and everyone was hugging Mallory Beach's family members. Um, just really, really sad. And as the shock wears off and someone has to be held accountable for her death, Renee Beach, Mallory's mother, starts a mission to find justice that is still at the center of this story three years later. Renee files a wrongful death lawsuit with attorney Mark Tinsley's law firm. This is what Renee said. What motivated me was getting evidence of 
of everything. I knew who we were up against and how things would probably disappear if, if we didn't act quickly. They go after the gas station Parkers, number 55, who sold alcohol to the underage Paul Murdoch. Luther's Rare and Well Done is named. That's the Beaufort Bar where it's well documented through police interviews, video, and allegedly social media. Paul and Connor loaded up on liquor shots. And then there's the elementary school principal, Christy Wood, and her husband, who hosted the kids at an oyster roast for four hours. She said she had no idea they were drinking. But as we told you in part one, Morgan Doty told a different story. There we all drank alcohol and ate food. The kids say they were drinking the whole time. A month after the accident, March 25th, something's up. The law enforcement community starts backing away. Despite the initial confusion about whether Connor Cook or Paul Murdoch was driving, it becomes clear who may be charged in the fatal crash. The Beaufort County Sheriff's Office recuses itself from the criminal investigation, citing a long-standing relationship with the Murdoch family. However, court testimony shows this is also the agency that collected critical DNA, including blood evidence, at the scene. The state law enforcement division steps in. Here's reporter Caitlin Penter again. When the Beaufort County Sheriff's Office recused themselves from the case, I think that's when I also really realized that this case was a bigger deal and that the family involved in this case definitely, you know, had authority over the justice system um, that this case was working through. It turns out the day after the crash, the sitting solicitor for the 14th Circuit Court, this is the same office, three generations of Murdochs were the solicitor. Duffy Stone recuses himself from the investigation. He says his staff is related to three of the boat passengers. A few days later, Renee's suit is refiled to include three generations of Murdochs as defendants. Mallory's mom, Renee. His brother is the one that gave him his ID to use to buy alcohol illegally. His dad is the one who never made him be accountable for his actions. Paul's grandfather, the former solicitor, Randolph Murdoch III, because the kids met at his island home. Here's Mark Tinsley, the Beaches attorney. The Beaches particularly thought that it's important to make sure that the people who enabled this to happen are held accountable. And the fallout continues. By April 10th, two circuit court judges step away from hearing any civil cases with Renee Beach. Law enforcement was acting so suspicious in the immediate months following that crash that the whole time it was kind of like you knew that it wasn't this other kid driving the boat, if that makes sense. You, you knew that it, it was Paul and you knew that authorities knew that it was Paul who was driving the boat. And investigators knew Paul was drunk. Paul's blood alcohol level is recorded at the hospital. It's three times over the limit. And one week later, April 18, 2019, what would have been Mallory's 20th birthday, Paul is indicted on three charges in the fatal boat crash. Two for operating the boat under the influence of alcohol or drugs. It's called a BUI resulting in great bodily injury, and one resulting in death. Mallory Beach. Defendant, so charged by the state of South Carolina, has voluntarily had been already addressed by the surrender of the passport and signing of 
the waiver of extradition. In this particular matter, then, the court does find that a personal recognizance bond is proper. Paul shows up at the hearing with the same lawyers, Dick Harpootlian and Jim Griffin, who are now tasked with representing his own father, Alec, on more than 50 criminal charges to date. Charges that Alec has swindled and misled clients and friends for years. Caitlin, she says that Harpootlian made an impression on her that day. I do remember he was, you know, he was a very smooth talker and I um, at that point, I could tell that this was something that, that this lawyer was going to try to talk uh, Paul Murdoch basically out of this case is, is kind of the vibe that I got when I briefly talked with uh, Harpootlian. And it was well documented that Paul was treated differently than other suspects. I was at his first court hearing and I, I saw Paul Murdoch in court and I do remember that the mugshot that they had for him, it looked like they had taken it like in a hallway somewhere and was very different from the mugshots that other accused, uh, you know, suspects get in cases like that. Paul is not in handcuffs. He's wearing a blue suit in court and just a checked collared shirt for the mugshot. And by June, Tinsley and Mallory's mother decide to drop the grandfather, Randolph Murdoch, the Beaufort Bar, Luther's, and the Woods as named defendants in the wrongful death lawsuit. Now it's just Parker's gas station, Alec and his son Buster Murdoch. Obviously, the Beach family knew more than I think we did at that time with just how powerful this family, you know, that, that they were facing, the Murdoch family. Like, I can't imagine grieving the death of your young 19-year-old daughter and also, again, knowing that she might not get the justice, you know, for her tragic death. And why would she believe justice would be served? Do you feel like they're a powerful family? I do. What makes them seem powerful? Like above the law, like the law didn't pertain to them. I wanted accountability. I wanted Paul to just own up to, yes, I was driving the boat. It was an accident. I'm sorry. Young Paul Murdoch goes back to his life, his college, and ends up in front of a set of blue lights again. On May 26, 2020, about 15 months after the boat crash, Paul gets pulled over for speeding. He's coming from Charleston and headed back to Edisto Beach. He tells the cop he doesn't have the current insurance. He's pulling another boat. Do you have the current reg um, insurance card for your truck and registration? You know, my mom gave me a new insurance card the other day. Okay. Perfect. Is that the right yeah, one? Um, that's your health insurance. Yeah. But if she got a new one, what I'll do is I'll look it up right quick, and then I'll come back up in a second. Yeah, just give her a call, and I'll go ahead and finish up what I got to do, okay? Okay? I'll be back up in a second. And speaking of insurance, Alex's insurance company, well, they end up suing him, his son, and Mallory's mother in federal court to deny coverage in Renee Beach's wrongful death lawsuit against the Murdochs. Now, according to the lawsuit, Philadelphia Indemnity Insurance says $8 million worth of coverage, well, it just didn't apply to the boat or the fatal crash. And after a two-year battle, 
the judge denied Alec the insurance money. She said the boat, Alec, and his son Buster were not covered in this instance. But the scrutiny into the Murdoch connections, the truth of what really happened on the boat, would it have ever gotten this level of attention if it weren't for this? It's 4147 Moselle Road. I've been up to it now. It's bad. June 7, 2021. Paul's murdered alongside his mother three days before he's set to go to court over the boat crash. Okay, what is her name? Maggie, Maggie and Paul. With the defendant in the boat crash now dead, the state drops the criminal charges against Paul, but the civil suits against the Murdoch family, they're only gaining steam. The fundamental things the police do when they arrive at an accident scene were not done here, and we now know that some uh, evidence that was collected, and we know it was collected, is now unaccounted for. That's Joe McCulloch. He's the attorney for Connor Cook, who claims that there was a whisper campaign by the Murdochs to discredit his client, cast doubt on who was driving the boat, even to this day. On behalf of the Connor Cook family, let me say there should be no mystery about that whatsoever. The record God knows this case has played itself out through freedom of information requests, statements given by multiple witnesses, the confusion the night of this terrible accident. We have outlined how and why things uh, were held back by virtually everyone in the boat, with the possible exception of the immediacy of Anthony Cook's pronouncement to Paul Murdoch as he walked by him on that mud bank. My fucking girlfriend go, folks. Do you think it's fucking funny? Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Hope he's right. Fucking hell. You killed my girlfriend. So from within 30 minutes of the accident, everybody on that mud bank, five police agencies, knew exactly who was driving the boat think when we had not filed a lawsuit, we were seeking to take the depositions of police officers to understand why in the world this is the worst police investigation of all time. And I've been doing this 45 years. Since Paul's murder, both Connor and Anthony Cook have fallen in line with the Beach family. They're now suing Parker's Alec and his son Buster. Anthony's attorney, Patrick Carr, says his client is still struggling with painful symptoms similar to a PTSD diagnosis from losing his girlfriend Mallory in the horrific boat crash. Now Anthony is also looking for closure. That's certainly one of the goals uh, that along with you know holding uh, retailers and those uh, responsible with the transfer and sale of alcoholic beverages to uh, persons who are disqualified from purchasing them uh, you know, we have a real problem in our state, in our in our country, with the number of deaths and injuries that occur every year due to irresponsible alcohol sales and service policies. And uh, the hope is that we can uh, hold those who do these things accountable and change those behaviors. We also learned that state law enforcement is indeed investigating whether there was any effort to obstruct the investigation by Alec and his father at the hospital right after the crash. The agency is tight-lipped. No word yet on what they found to back up this claim. But for Mallory's family, their attorney tells me it's been very rough. Here's Caitlin again. I honestly, I, I can't imagine being in their shoes. 
And I, I just remember during their wake, just, you know, they're sweet people, good, you know, Southern family down there. Um, and I, I just remember their faces. It, I just, I can't imagine what, what they were going through then. This is Mallory's father. Her life meant something. For us, she was our baby. We had to defend her honor. Just last month, almost three years since he lost Mallory, Images of his dead daughter washed up on a bank end up as part of the media frenzy fallout. Images that have upset the Beach family so completely. The family is now suing the journalists as well as lawyers, private investigators, and the owner affiliated with the Parker's gas station, all whom the Beaches believe released those lifeless images. Images that are private and purposefully protected as evidence of a young girl's death. A member of their life? They had long ago tried to lay to rest. Many of us on the outside looking in would say, what a disaster. I said, no, no, no. I got a plan of peace. No, I mean, I was told that if I wanted a good attorney, that a couple of people to call. Um, I, I chose to call Mr. Murdoch because he came recommended by numerous people. Never any kind of indication that my money was being diverted somewhere else. I didn't know that. Never would have thought that. Unsolved South Carolina was brought to you by me, Ann Emerson, along with producer Drew Trupp and editor Daniel Michener. Original music by Maxwell Harrison. Coming up, we speak exclusively to the South Carolina Highway Patrol trooper who says Alec Murdoch stole $100,000, money meant to pay his medical expenses after this trooper was injured on the job. It wasn't even close to my signature, so. So somebody forged your signature? Yes, ma'am. And you don't know who that was. You don't know if it was Alec Murdoch, but you know that you didn't sign that paperwork. I don't know who actually physically signed it. I do know that uh, Mr. Murdoch took that money and put it in another account. If you enjoyed listening today, please consider rating and reviewing. It goes a long way to help others discover this podcast.